Good evening. This is Adam Albrecht for Populismo. Welcome to episode two. We're going to kind of lead off with sort of a little epilogue from the first episode on uh, the pandemic. I'm starting to think maybe I have perceived this incorrectly as it applies to younger people. Initially, it just seems like, wow, what a drag. You know, you're not even liable to get sick from this. Yet it's, you know, really hampering your style, hampering your ability to express yourself and to make a living and all these little things we sort of take for granted. I'm realizing this may not be exactly what's happening. There's a place um, I was visiting a while back. Um, they happened to let me in a little bit early because um, I knew the people. And they were getting their store ready to open. And there was this older boomer couple that were standing at the door, um, really annoyed that the people wouldn't open the door when they saw them standing there. But it wasn't quite time yet. There were two or three minutes. And I heard the sales clerk say, they can wait three minutes. And it's funny because this is as the pandemic is really starting to heat up and people are realizing, wow, this could be a real economic, you know, burden. You might be losing a lot of hours. And you know what? These younger people, these sales clerks, they didn't even care. They were just not worried about it. And, you know, watching like a, a video game channel, IGN, that I'm really fond of. There were these people who were doing these podcasts um, or kind of video conferencing from home, which they would normally be doing at their studio, but because of the social distancing, they're staying home. And I'm realizing they are loving this. It's probably the first time in most of these millennials and Gen Z's lives that they have not been killing themselves to make money for the man you know, not being absolutely run ragged to feed the Ponzi scheme. And I think back uh, to a quote, uh, I'm sure I'm going to say this um, famous person's last name wrong, Alexander Solonitsyn. <laughs> Forgive me, please. I have never tried to say that word before. But he said, you only have power over people as long as you don't take everything away from them. But when you've robbed a man of everything, he's no longer in your power. He is free. Now, it's not to say these people have lost everything, but I think in a similar uh, fashion, people have literally given up hope that they're ever going to be bribed into, um, you know, what Noam Chomsky called manufactured consent, because the people at the top just really don't care if this works for regular people. That just is not very important. We're actually kind of looking at a, a, an almost World War I kind of scenario where the elites really just look at the people as chattels that they can spend, you know, with reckless abandon, absolutely expendable resource, which, as we'll get to later, is probably not true. Um, I don't want this episode to be too, you know, sad or too heavy because there's actually a lot of really cool things that are happening. And I feel like I'm, I want to focus on a particular light-hearted subject that the last two or three years have brought up basically since 2016 we've seen a lot of people talking about the flat earth theory there's a really good documentary on Netflix called behind the curve that I highly recommend to all of you to watch if you haven't I'm not gonna say that this is an intellectually defensible movement from a scientific point of view I think anyone that uh, used to watch the nightly show with Larry Wilmore probably adored that excellent scene with Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, kind of doing a rap as to why this was nonsense. <laughs> Incredibly entertaining. But at the same time, how is it that people get to this point? 
it's not the first time. There have been a number of times in history where we've seen kind of the popular angst turn away from reason. And the last really notable one would be uh, kind of the hippie movement, you know, the 1960s as the Vietnam War was heating up. We'd had the Korean War. And there's this feeling that sort of the reasonable world wasn't working anymore. It didn't make sense that we were losing something kind of kind of important to what it was to be human and people were rebelling against that. Um, some people have called the 60s sort of a fraud that a lot of the people there were not so much against the system so much as they wanted to uh, rebuild it in their own image. Um, looking at the boomers today I could see where you might be able to make that point of view but I don't I think there might be a little bit more to it than that. Um, but in any event, though, the last really serious analog for where we were at now is, once again, World War I. Um, after the devastation of that war, it's considered by Maine to be the most brutal war in history, the most extreme suffering, um, most likely because it was so different than what anyone anticipated it would be. And um, the Tsar of Russia and the Habsburg Emperor and then England and then eventually the United States threw people at it like uh, an infinitely expendable resource, destroyed a lot of lives. And um, people who had been used to lining up in nice, neat, polite order to shoot at each other all of a sudden were being hit by real weapons that could take out entire fields of people very quickly, like poison gas and things. It was just absolutely horrendous. And after that was over with, um, there was an artistic movement that came out called the Dada Movement which embraced nonsense. Uh, famous people like Marcel Duchamps, who entered uh, you know, a urinal in as an art piece, um, and that kind of thing, which seems ridiculous, but what they were basically saying is if logic got us to this terrible place that we certainly didn't want to be, maybe illogic is the answer. Maybe we should just let our, um, our left brain uh, go uh, take a powder for a while and just be silly. And um, you saw a lot of people kind of come out of that movement embracing that maybe um, objective awareness wasn't all there is to life. Um, there was a really good meme that I saw in 2016 that said, the problem is not people being uneducated. The problem is that they are educated just enough to believe what they've been taught and not educated enough to question what they've been taught. I don't know who wrote that, but it was just a really, really good um, discussion on higher education and how it pretty much just sets people up to be tools for society. And there's a lot of truth to that. Um, I think that's breaking down now. You know, a lot of uh, millennials and especially Gen Z have seen that people that go to college, all they really get is a ton of debt that they're lucky if they can ever pay off. It, it, it's not something that really works anymore. So the um, manufactured consent, as Noam Chomsky called it, of the 1950s is breaking down rapidly because people are simply not being sufficiently, you know, bribed by material goods anymore to go along with all the nonsense. And as we see more and more people being destroyed by uh, Western policy, like say, for instance, the EU, you look at the uh, populist revolts there, um, the European Union has not been great for everyone, especially like if you're in the southern countries like Portugal, Spain, Italy, and especially Greece. It's not been a really good time, and that's how you get you know movements like say uh, Marie Le Pen or 
Boris Johnson, people like that coming forward because um, the old reform movements just really aren't reforming much anymore at this point. So anyway, getting back to Flat Earth, what this points to is that people are looking at innovation, at uh, technology, as not really something that's making their lives better, but more as something that's displacing them as workers and in a way is the ultimate bread and circuses like that was used to pacify people in ancient Rome. So with Flat Earth, what you've had people say is look at all of these educated people, these keen beams, these intelligent people who've really brought us nothing. Maybe we just need to throw them out altogether. Maybe we need to uh, get back to basics. And there's nothing that is more basic than going back to a pre-around Earth philosophy. This goes back to essentially pre-Renaissance. Uh, this is interesting because neoliberalism and the obsession with self, the obsession and justifications for, for selfishness by elite thinkers really has its birth in the Renaissance. We'll cover that more in a future episode, but this is really it. So what these people are doing is they're in a really intuitive way rewinding their entire logical progression to a point before it all kind of started to go wrong when people stopped being communities and they started um, this meritocracy um, obsession of jealousy and waiting for someone else to fail so you can succeed. It's pretty interesting. The documentary on Netflix Behind the Curve shows not only the people who are the big movers and shakers in the movement, which, by the way, you kind of get very quickly get the notion that for a lot of them, this is a fun thing. This is not intended to be taken seriously, particularly the the main current head of the movement. I don't really get the idea that he believes this. It's something that they're doing because it's fun. And it represents a sort of rebellion, which can be incredibly healthy. Um, Mark Twain made a great statement. It ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure just ain't so. We have a lot of those in society today where we just know for sure that this is how it is, that this person's wrong, this person's right. This old idea, like, say, for instance, protecting your businesses against foreign imports or um, not letting your kids watch too much TV or, you know, things that used to be kind of obvious to people. Yeah, go outside and play. Um you know, that people need to have some measure of success, a major of a measure of security in their lives for society to work, that we really are in this together. That's really been lost. And so you have these people kind of saying, let's go back to the time when we believed in those things. And this is obviously part of the reason why Trump was elected president, the same kind of idea, the same rebellion against smart people <laughs> who act really stupid. Um, just as McNamara, former uh, Secretary of State, um, that uh, was the big uh, brain that got us into Vietnam and uh, was just convinced we could win because of what the computer said, uh, later wrote a book admitting that they were completely wrong, that they absolutely could not have anticipated how that conflict was going to go. And yet just a few months after his book came out, look, we go into Iraq. Same thing. Same exact thing. Now, it could be argued the people that got us into Iraq didn't really care if they were going to win or not. They didn't really care about the reasons. It was all just um, about 
increasing American imperialism, which might be true. But a lot of the people who really went along with it were just convinced that it made sense at the time. So this is really important that you have movements like the Flat Earth that come out and not only question these things, but they also create a new, uh, a new dialogue, a new style, a new identity. And one of the things that the documentary shows are these incredible works of art, these flat globes that people are making <laughs> with domed um, uh, pieces of clear material over the top that show the constellations. And they're just exquisite pieces that will live on. Um, as a testament to this movement in this time, just as Marcel Duchamp's, you know, ready-made, um, you know, stools or urinals did during the time of Dada, these showcase hu the human mind kind of being free for the first time to think outside the box. And it is absolutely, to me, a thing of beauty to see people question things that just don't work. And um, we, re we really need more of this because the people who are, quote, clued in um, either have an agenda. Um, for instance, they want to get uh, grant money um, for whatever their scientific thing is they're working on. Or they are part of the State Department. They think that, you know, if I get this war through, you know, I'm going to wind up uh, being able to get a job with that defense contractor later. Everyone's kind of a little bit compromised and therefore subject to sort of... Um, confirmation bias toward things that they'd already like to see happen. And when you get a populistic group like the Flat Earthers who come out and say, this is nonsense, and I'm walking away from it, sure, they're walking away from some things that might be true, but they're also walking away from a lot of things that are false. And guess what? If they walk far enough, they'll realize the world is round. They can get that back. But the, the other things they're throwing out, this just blind belief in progress, for its own sake, you know, which arguably Lawrence J. Peter really warned us about in the Peter Principle is a very valid conversation to be having. Um, I feel like at this stage we really need more of this kind of wisdom because there's just way too many people who either um, kind of succumb to despair. People like, I, I believe, uh, um, Bernie Sanders at this stage just doesn't think things can get better, uh, or they sort of openly start to turncoat the way we've seen from Elizabeth Warren, who said incredibly good things in the past, but boy, she sure doesn't seem very progressive at this stage. And um, it's important that people go wherever the truth is now waking up, and it wakes up a lot of different places. Um, during this, the um, kind of impressionistic art period in France, to get your work shown, you had to go to the French Academy. And this was basically a giant building that would show sometimes a thousand or more pieces all crammed together side by side on the wall. And uh, you were, you know, really working hard to get your work shown there, and there was virtually no chance you were going to have your work sold, or if you did, you'd be taking a really big haircut from that establishment. And it was just basically um, a Ponzi scheme where the uh, the elites that ran that art display group were just exploiting the heck out of the creative people that they had and arguably one of the most amazing creative movements in history. And they didn't care about any of that. They just wanted to make some money and uh, you know preserve their position or their uh, status in that pecking order. 
So you had people like uh, Paul Gauguin, people like uh, Vincent Van Gogh, who basically had enough of it. They went off and just started doing their own work. They started uh, their own artist collectives where they were showing work and maybe they weren't selling a ton of it, you know, for you know massive prices but they were they were getting to keep that money they were basically saying we're going to go around you to this group that was no longer serving their purposes and i think this is something that society has to be prepared to do if for instance the scientific community is thinking that maybe we can get away with destroying the earth because you know maybe we can leave the earth someday go live on a different planet <laughs> um that's a really tall order. I kind of feel like if we can't afford to save the Earth, how could we possibly afford to live on Mars? Um, this is a pipe dream. And what's really happening with a lot of these people is they're, especially like Bill Nye, I think is a good example of this. They're basically saying, I'm going to be dead before this gets to the critical level. And there's nothing that can be done anyway. And so you get this kind of resigned cynicism that this is beyond our control, so I might as well make some money. Reminds me a lot of John Carpenter's movie, They Live, you know, where everyone kind of knows what's happening up at the top, but most people are kind of, you know, blinded by the consumerism until you get that magic pair of sunglasses that lets you see the, the subtext behind all the billboards or that, you know, these rich people aren't actually people. They're these skeleton-faced aliens. Um, and it was a very Dada-esque kind of film that um, Carpenter wrote. He, he put out there to attack what he considered radical free market capitalism that he saw as being really dangerous. And, and it's true. But the thing is now it's not only capitalism. It's science. They're all in bed together. And it's not going to be left and right so much as it's up and down that we have to watch out for. So whenever you see a new movement like the Flat Earthers, where they're basically saying, I'm going to go off in my own direction. They might not be correct in all of their assertions. Some of their you know, conclusions they draw are going to be laughable. But maybe it doesn't hurt to laugh along with them. And until science can get to a point where it isn't such an elite rat race, where they're willing to entertain new ideas, then maybe science has outlived its usefulness. I have nothing against the scientific method. It is wonderful. But there's a difference between discipline and conformity. And a lot of intelligent people in our world today, whether they're in government, they're in business, they're in science, they're basically conformists. They're no longer critical thinkers. They're no longer disciplining their minds against confirmation bias they're just giving into it and they're hoping none of us are smart enough to see through it so it's important for us to be willing to give the benefit of the doubt to any new idea that comes along because it's what you know for sure that just ain't so that's what's going to get us every time good night folks and uh, be on the lookout for the next few episodes we're going to have we're going to be covering uh, in a several part series basically how it is that the West has gotten to this point and it's going to be a little bit of a bummer in the beginning but it's going to end on a high note with some serious solutions and I'd like you to take the lightheartedness of the flat earth with you into that and think outside the box a little bit be willing to step away from your feelings from your preconceptions as you look at what it is to be human and why we kind of need to be, you know, 
thinking deeper than what comes natural to our species. Have a good evening, take care, and God bless.